The name Roger Stone is something of a byword in US politics for dirty tricks and incendiary extreme right-wing rhetoric. The would-be Svengali's political machinations go all the way back to the Nixon years, but he's also a long-term ally of Donald Trump. Roger Stone was sentenced to 40 months in prison for impeding a congressional investigation into Donald Trump's 2016 campaign, but that sentence was eventually commuted by the then-president, Donald Trump. Roger Stone's back in the news after audio emerged of what sounds like him talking about assassinating two Democrat congressmen, although Stone, of course, says that audio is fake. Dealing with someone like Roger Stone cannot be easy for anyone. But in the case of Danish documentary filmmaker Christopher Gulbranson, it nearly killed him, literally. Christopher had a heart attack midway through the making of A Storm Foretold, a feature film which documents the political activities of Roger Stone for over a year in 2019 and all the way through till after the storming of the US Capitol on the 6th of January 2020. And I'm very pleased to say that Christopher Gulbranson joins us now on Sunday Extra. Well, thanks a lot. Pleased to be here. Christopher, what's your reaction to the latest Roger Stone controversy and this audio of talking about congressmen being assassinated? I must say, having seen your film, the audio doesn't seem out of line with other things that you filmed him saying. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, it, it's not a great surprise to me. I've heard him say similar and I would say far worse things. But of course, he was cautious uh, not to say it on camera, but I mean, the, the threats you're talking about are, are threats about two politicians that he, he's suggesting to this police officer who also doubles as his volunteer security uh, guard. He suggests to him that they should uh, assassinate these two politicians. And of course, it is a bit on the extreme side, I would say. And if your documentary is anything to go by, he may well have said something around that. Of course, I don't advocate violence or things like that, but there's a certain doublespeak which we become familiar with through a storm foretold. But Christopher, first things first, why and how does a Danish filmmaker decide to make a documentary about Roger Stone? And why did Roger Stone agree to participate? Well, the first part of the question is easier to answer than the latter. Mm. I, I think I felt like most people did after the presidential election in 2016 in, in the United States. It was really hard to understand what was going on. And some of the challenges that America is facing are the same challenges that most of modern democracies are, are, are running into right now. And, and it was this trying to make a film, not as much about Roger Stone, but about this new environment that we're all in, where it seems like the loudest liar wins. So, so that was the mission. That was how I delved into it. And then I pretty much just stumbled across Roger Stone, and he was just such a fascinating guy. And it turned into this roller coaster ride that I just couldn't get off. <laughs> yes, indeed. And you're quite upfront about the sort of uneasy relationship that comes with spending so much time with a character like Roger Stone. You say it wasn't the ease of mutual friendship, it was more like mutual exploitation, a dynamic that doesn't usually end well. Looking back on it, how do you feel about the time you spent with Roger Stone and indeed I suppose any project which gives him a platform and profile? Well, on a personal level, I feel extremely privileged to have been able to witness world history as it 
unfolded. Mm. I mean, you, you, t- you talk about journalism being the first draft of history. This was not even the first draft. It, it was just witnessing history as, as it unfolded. When it comes to, to your question about platforming, I think that's a very, very relevant question and, 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 and something I, I gave a lot of thought. But I think that was kind of the premise for the whole project. I think one of the very big mistakes that people who believes in democracy. I, I really deeply believe that democracy is the best way of governing today. You know, it's it's the best way to achieve uh, rule of law, equality, uh, fairness, or uh, human rights, and all this. When you, if you believe in that, the best way to fight for it is by engaging with the people you disagree with, and insist on keeping the political conversation going, regardless of how strongly you disagree with them. So that's the premise of the film. And that's the whole intention of seeking out Roger Stone, who is, as you started out with pointing out, seen as a sort of a, a, the essence of what the progressive left in America really doesn't like about Trump. On Sunday Extra, we're speaking with Christopher Gulbranson about his Roger Stone documentary, A Storm Foretold. Now, Christopher, there's no doubt that Roger Stone's the central figure in your documentary, but to what extent do you think that he was a central figure in the events of the January 6th insurrection? Well, in, in my eyes, there's no question he lit the fuse. Roger Stone invented Stop the Steal. He, he, mm. he literally came up with the concept Stop the Steal, which turned into the sprawling movement that eventually descended on, on the Capitol on January 6th. And he invented it for 2016, didn't he? he? He invented it for 2016. And I think that's actually really relevant to keep in mind right now. He invented it for the, he first used it at the Republican convention where Trump and and Stone and, and Manafort, who was back then running Trump's campaign, were concerned that the more moderate forces in the Republican Party would steal the nomination from uh, Trump. So they came up with this, and it was it was a pretty violent idea with, with Stone going public, threatening to look up people in the hotel rooms at the convention who would go against Trump. So the inception of the Stop the Steal movement was, in its birth, violent in its conceptualization, and it started out as a violent idea on how to help Trump get the nomination in, in the Republican Party. And it ended up in a violent attack that January 6th, uh, trying to keep Trump in power. And, and at least you have to give them points for consistency. And it's striking, if nothing else, that the sort of rhetoric, the sorts of themes that you hear Roger Stone saying candidly now resonate very deeply. So in a way, Christopher, there's... Two foretellings in your film. 2016 was a foretelling of what happened in 2020, but it's also a foretelling of what might come in the next election. Based on your following of Roger Stone, what do you think is coming? And what do you think Roger Stone's role will be in whatever that is? My, my view after spending so much time with that movement is rather dystopic. I, I, I think we are at pretty much the end of democracy as we know it and it doesn't only it's not uh, it's not limited to the united states it goes for australia and all modern democracies we are really venturing into unknown territory and america might be the canary in the coal mine the pioneers in that field 
but the film is foretelling the end of democracy. That's that's how I see it, and that's why I hope as many Americans, but as many people who believe in democracy as possible, will see it. And I mean, I hope it can be a limited, very small contribution, but a contribution to make people engage. So at least the decisions we are making are not made out of complacency and, and ignorance. It is a chilling vision that we get from your documentary. And it obviously had a huge impact on you because one of the most striking bits of footage in the film is when you have a heart attack on camera as you're about to re-engage with Roger Stone. Could you tell us what happened and your reflections on it now? Well, the kind of films I make are what you call observational documentaries. And it's it's a very lengthy process where you follow your subject like more or less a fly on the wall and film them for a very long period of time. Filming someone for an extended period always carries the risk of the person bailing on you, getting cold feet or basically leaving the project. I've had that a few times and then you, it's, it's part of the process. But I never experienced anything similar to, to what Roger Stone did. After we had been filming for more than a year, he went behind my back and he sold the rights exclusively to the film I was making to another film crew. He just turned up with this other film crew one day and he didn't even, he didn't even tell me. He had his assistant tell me. And obviously that got me in, I mean... I had spent most of the money we had raised for the film, so it got, and we, we were nowhere close to completing it, so it gave us a lot of trouble. So I went back to Denmark, and one thing led to another. We, we lost even more financing, and it was a terrible situation. And I decided to fly back to Roger Stone to try and convince him to join the project again. And just before the flight, I went to the gym to work out because these transatlantic flights can be a little bit... It's nice to have worked out before. And I was actually on the phone. I have a headset on. I'm on the phone with an American financier that is interested in, in, in helping us out. And that's where I, my heart simply just stops beating. So that's basically it. And do you personally and do your doctors draw a direct line between the stress of making this documentary and dealing with Roger Stone and what happened to you? Well, it was stress-related. It was stress-related. And I think it was an accumulation of, of all the things that happened at that period. But the reason why it's in the film, and I think that's a very important point to stress, is that Roger Stone, of course, comes across as rather cynical throughout the film. And what happened after I had, had my cardiac arrest and heart surgery and near-death experience, Stone actually displayed empathy and, and it ended up with him allowing me back to film. So this scene and this sequence in the film was a unique opportunity to show a more nuanced picture of Stone, to not give this flat, cynical portrayal and, and to kind of uh, avoid completely dehumanizing him. Mm, mm. So what do you make of that, Christopher? Does that resonate with the way you saw him act towards other people? Or was it a bit of an anomaly from the Roger Stone that you saw, or certainly the one that we see presented in A Storm Foretold? No, I think it was uh, relatively consistent. I mean, he's, he's not that different from other people. He's a complex person and, and he has empathetic sides to him. Yeah, he's like, he's like every person. And I think if you want to make an interesting film, if you want to 
tell stories that are engaging and relevant and also, uh, in lack of a better word, correct, you need to understand that even complex characters like Roger Stone, who are rightfully vilified in the public eye, uh, has several sides to them. Christopher, do you have plans to cover Roger Stone or the US presidential election of 2024? And if so, what do your doctors think about that? No, I, I think I'll sit this one out. <laughs> Probably a wise move on more than one level. Christopher, thank you so much for speaking with us on Sunday Extra. Well, thanks for having me. Christopher Gilbranson's documentary portrait of Roger Stone is called A Storm Foretold. And in Australia, you can stream it on DocPlay. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.